0: Welcome to episode 48 of the My Not Business podcast presented by Bennett Creative Media. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, and on the show today, we have Krista Marshall. Krista, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. That was definitely great. the first take of the intro. We didn't screw up before that. I didn't screw up before that. That was definitely the first take. Before we get started, if you have not already, please rate and review the show. If you could take five seconds to leave us a rating and review, it really helps spread the word to new audiences and attract new guests for you guys each and every week, and we really appreciate the support. So, Sport, support. Uh, Krista, let's get into the questions here. So for someone that has never met you, they don't know what you do, they don't know what you're all about, what is your shtick? What's your elevator pitch?
1: Um, I'm a business owner um, in Minot here. We have a a couple different businesses. Um, I come from a business family, um, so I definitely didn't create it all from scratch, so I can't take credit for that. Um, But I guess my profession is managing uh, the businesses that we have and kind of pushing that as we move forward. Um, I, I I was raised at shots, crossroads, truck stop, both of them, the old one and, um, the old crossroads. And then the account stop that eventually turned into one location, which is shots crossroads. Now, um, I tell people that there was the same people, the regulars, sitting there on the day that I was born and the day that I graduated from high school and moved away. So it's, um, if anybody knows about the old crossroads um, or even the new one, everybody knows that there's, there's so much nostalgia there. Um, 45 years, the business has been around. So um, as a, as the current business owner um, I'm the person that keeps it going and hopefully we'll, we'll make another 45 out of it.
0: 45 years. That's a That's kind of a long time for a business.
1: It really is a long time for a business. And then, you know, that comes with its own set of challenges because you look at what it was like in 1977 and what the world was like and what people were like and what the expectations were and labor force and food cost and availability and everything else. And, um, you know, you look at it now and you see how much has changed and you look at even the last three years, which have Felt like forty, yeah. Um, with COVID and the staffing shortage and all that stuff, like it, everything evolves so fast. You know, it, it feels like yeah, <laughs> right well, now.
0: And that's but, COVID, man. That felt like I felt like twenty twenty was like eight years ago. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: So the, you know, I joke every once in a while after we went through COVID and then hit the staffing shortage. I was I moved back to Minot right after the flood happened. So after okay. it was the fall of twenty eleven. Um, so I, t- I left mine at for 13 years and went out and explored the world and went to college and figured out who I was and who I wasn't and all those things. And then, um, my parents had offered us a position at shots, crossroads with potential ownership over the course of 10 years. Okay. So, uh, we came back and the flood had just happened and it was insane. Right. So oh, it was yeah. the flood and then the oil boom and, we were my parents were like okay here's your keys and like (laughs) you know so I mean they were there to support obviously like they Mm -hmm. they taught us a lot but they couldn't be there 24 7 because they had other businesses in Fargo so my parents kind of left my husband and I and we moved and had a son and I like to tease with people that like, if we went through the flood and then the oil boom, we should be like exempt from COVID. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you, you got two out of the
0: three.
2: Like, yeah, we don't need you do all three.
1: No more. Like you, you business owners that went through the flood and the oil boom, you shouldn't have to go yeah. through the, the stress of COVID because both of them are equally as catastrophic, right? Yeah. Um, but obviously all the people that went through both of those things, they just became smarter, wiser, more adaptable. Um, and I think it's just a great skill to have as a business owner to be able to- pivot and think on your feet and manage all of those external stresses that you cannot control. No one could control any of those things.
0: And it changes the business a ton when things like that happen. Everything's so out of your control, out of your hands, like you said. So when you move back to Minot then... Your parents went to Fargo right away and they pretty much just said, here it is, or how did that work?
1: So my parents opened the Petro in Fargo in 1997. Okay. Um, I graduated high school in 1999. So when they were building the Petro and before they opened it, they were traveling back and forth to Fargo, like in the mid to late nineties, getting that. No, they opened the, was it 94 or 97? I'm, I think it's 94, sorry. Okay. So they opened the Petro in 94 and then we're going back and forth in 99 after I left, um, high school and moved away. Uh, my sister was already in Fargo. Donnie was already in Fargo. So they set their primary residence in Fargo cause they have a truck stop there as well.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So
1: then, you know, fast forward, they're going back and forth and back and forth. Um, and there was a operations manager, um, while I was gone working at shots, crossroads. And so my parents were, were able to just kind of go back and forth okay. as needed. So, when, so they didn't have to be there correct. the whole time. Okay. Right. So they were at the, the, the Fargo truck stop during that time. And then, um, and then the opportunity came for us, um, as the previous operations manager was looking to do something else. Okay. So we came back and then had the option for ownership in the future. So, so, the, so then they were just visiting still, you know what okay, I mean? Yeah. So like we get there, it's the, the oil boom post flood. We have less staff and, uh, honestly we were busy. Like just we were thrown to
0: the wolves. You're like, all right, here we go. I yeah, guess we're doing this.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I remember ask, asking my dad cause I worked in corporate advertising, right? So, okay. um, once I got out of college, it was all about that job title and your business card. And mm-hmm. like you start out at one position as, you know, assistant. And then next thing you know, you're like a mid level and then you're a senior and then yep. you're, you know, you get these step ups and step and pay. And then, like, you know, I asked my dad, I'm like, well, what's my job title? And he's like, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, I, like, I don't, don't care. really care. Yeah. Like yeah. you work at a truck stop. Like what, <laughs> who cares what your, tra- yeah. you know, your, your job title is. So um, it was, it was different for me. Like I came with this language that okay. was very like advertising. Like mm-hmm. I would say things like, let's take this high level and see where we go. And like, Corporate, yeah. give, give me the download of what's going on. And these mm-hmm. people would look at me like, what is she yeah, saying? Who is this? Like, yeah. what, what, what? So it was, there was an adjustment. I think there was an adjustment moving from the city back to Minot too.
0: Okay. So as far as in the family, then truck stops seem to be, kind of a theme. How did that come about? Was it just something that your parents knew?
1: You know, my, my mom and dad, I I don't know if I have a hundred percent the answer to this question, but my mom and dad started working, um, at the old crossroads, which at the time I, I, um, I'm mean, going to get in trouble for not knowing <laughs> all the details, but, um, they, they were both working there. And I want to say Bud Linquist owned it and they were trying to take over the restaurant. And if there was like an arrangement to kind of purchase out the restaurant and it was at the old Wesley's okay. building. So that was the one on the North side of the highway from where we're at now. Mm. Um, and they ended up purchasing and taking over the lease on the whole truck stop. They just kind of worked their way into that.
2: Okay, gotcha. And then
1: the location that we're at now on the South side of the highway that came up for sale and you know, my dad was always really good about pushing the envelope. Like my dad had these big ideas and, and not all of them were like the best ideas, which is okay as yep. an entrepreneur. But my mom was very much like the, the, she'd put everything into place and she'd keep him reined in and mm-hmm. she'd make sure a dollar and cents He made, was the idea man. Yeah. He was the idea man. And she kind of would rein him in. And there was a lot of times where she was like, <sighs> you know, but she's just as aggressive in certain areas, like it, you yeah. know, in, in accomplishing things as he was. So they were a very good team. Okay. Um, And so they, they just kept growing, you know, they got to where mine, was really good. And then I think my dad really wanted to, well, both of them really wanted to expand a little bit more. They, they, they knew they could do it. So they had this idea of like expanding and they found yeah. a really great location um, in, in close to West Fargo off of uh, 94. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I remember when I was little, we looked at several different locations. My dad would talked about, not several, but he had talked about how these different like land plots in different areas had really high traffic that one day truck stops were gonna be there. So um, again, I can't say for sure because I was probably like six yeah. or seven but I think they knew they wanted to invest in something else and continue to do what they were doing, what they were doing in Minot. Well, so, it's
0: nice that they knew what they were doing in Minot so they could then expand after that. Yeah, They kind of had a grasp on the market, right?
1: They did. I, you know, they got very involved in the, the North Dakota petroleum marketers and the national trust truck stop of, of America. And okay. So they were, they were involved in the industry and they were passionate about the industry. They learned the industry on their own um, you know, they, they, they had a passion for it. A truck stop is really more than one business in one. Right. So like our existing truck stop the shots crossroads, we have the shop, the yeah. restaurant, the convenience store, um, the fuel, you know, we call it the the fuel islands, but it's mm-hmm. really for us, it's two in one. Like if you go to a regular convenience store, they aren't purchasing bulk diesel you might okay. have a diesel pump you know but, but
0: you, so you guys are purchasing bulk diesel
1: well yes we, we haul our own diesel and we have the storage tanks there so we have our own fuel truck okay and a fuel truck driver that we purchase both book our own fuels and sell selling it right yeah. so like most gas stations have some diesel but they aren't running yeah. a high volume of trucks through there so it takes a different point of sale system different computer system that can okay. handle those transactions Plus it takes all the space and the parking and the maintenance mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So the pumps alone have to be different. Um, you know, and, and so that's, that's a fourth category. Right. And then we have the deli, which is its own little kind of cosm of business. Yep. Right. So we have, you know, somebody working in the deli making deli food for grab and go items and breakfast sandwiches, which are delicious by the way. Yep. Um, so it's a lot of businesses in one, and then with all that property and with all of those elements, we have a full-time maintenance department because we have a lot of fryers and a lot of drains and a lot of, you know, sinks things that need to be fixed. Yes, yeah. and a lot of ceiling tiles, a lot of, you know, I mean, it's just there's no end mm-hmm. to the things that you know if humans can use it, it will break. Yeah, it <laughs> might break. It'll break own. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that you know, we have all those departments. Uh, plus our office, all in one. So we have about 90 people employed at Shots Crossroads.
0: That's crazy because you don't think about. A lot of times, you know, you go in there to eat at the restaurant or you go fill up with gas, whatever it is. You don't think about the back end, and that's one thing. Maybe it's because I'm in business, but I like to go into businesses. I'm like how is this place actually staying afloat?
1: Exactly. And, and and that's become one of my hobbies as well, where it's just like, even business models, sometimes I try yeah. to, I'm like, well, I wonder how they make their money. I mm-hmm. wonder what their expenses are, you know? And you just kind of see that cause you're, you know, whether you've been in it yourself or you yeah. just are a nerd like me, that's like, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll like, or, like walk into
0: a bowling alley. and yeah. be, like, how many? bowlers do well, they need a day to have exactly the shoes and how much is the shoes and two games
1: so so true like we were we were somewhere and there was this what's that new type of bowling where it's like a small a little ball oh, do you know sp- what I'm talking yeah about? i played that
0: in canada that's yeah. like all they have up there yeah
1: so we were in the dominican and they had a, is it
0: like five pin i, I don't know what it's like? called a,
1: yeah. like yeah so um my husband his brother is like yeah we we're kind of t- tossing out the idea of opening a place like that and i you know I go into the business mode, which I would have said to anybody, nothing, nothing against my brother-in-law or anything. Mm -hmm. He's wonderful. But like, I was like, oh, well, you better just realize that (laughs) you're pretty much going to be in the restaurant industry because that pretty much just supplements whatever food and beverages you're selling. Oh yeah. So, you know, let's just call it a, let's just call it food service now because.
2: How did he feel about that?
1: I I don't think it got to him unless he listens to this. (laughs) So like, but I mean, I think it's a really good way to supplement your mm-hmm. food and, and beverage service, but I, I wouldn't know how you'd make it work financially with the yeah. space and the cost and the staff to just do just that. Right. And you'd need food and alcohol for it to be yeah. a lot more fun or, you know, other people have figured it anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you, yeah. Cause if yeah. you go there and it's just like, just how much, mo- how much yeah. money can you make on just people buying two games of bowling? That's where right. it's always, it's always interesting to see that. I, I pretty much do that any business I go into. So it's kind of fun. So you mentioned the four different aspects you have. How do you balance all that? It's gotta be honestly like,
1: yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's days where I definitely feel like someone, you know, put the shot in the air and it's like, you know, now it's the race to get to the Mm -hmm. end. (laughs) So, um, but I have to admit, like I could not do it if I didn't have the people in my life that I have. Um, my sister has been instrumental and in always supporting me and in, in, in the process of being trained how to do my job, she helped me tremendously. Okay. You know, my mom and dad were there for high level, um, advice and support and criticism, which you need. Um, and then, you know, our, my office staff, my accountant, she's amazing. And my restaurant manager, I, my heart would be broken if these people were not in my life. Like yeah. I would be like, okay. I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to leave. And it just goes
0: to show you the team you need.
1: Oh my gosh. You have to have a team. You have to have a team of people you can trust, mm-hmm. you know, a team of people that even, even they know you're not perfect. You know, they're not perfect, but you guys can manage through it because there's days where like, it's just tough, right? Where we have a ton of business and all of mm-hmm. a sudden we did like have no water or yeah. whatever element can happen while you're up and running. Right. Especially mm-hmm. when you have a 24 hour business. Yeah. Like, I it's, suppose is it's that? insane.
0: That's got to be difficult because um, is there be. any downtime?
1: Um. W- well, yes. I mean, no, but <laughs> when it's slower, it, it, I guess. It, honestly, like w- for forty-five years, Shots Crossroads was one hundred percent, twenty-four hours, mm-hmm. three hundred and sixty-five days a year, Christmas, everything. Yeah. That we did not close. In fact, it was about five years into me running the truck stop before we realized that the doors don't lock. Like there's literally we don't know where the oh, key is. Like if now, why you would you, you why would you to, know yeah. why would you know where a key is if it never shuts, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we had to park a bobcat in front of it when we had to replace <laughs> some things in the electrical and shut down for about 45 minutes. We had literally had to pop
0: That's crazy. Yeah, block yeah. the door.
1: So um, you know, a 24 hour business is difficult. You can't do anything that size A without delegation. And be without like support even for your delegation. So that mm-hmm. was one of the first things I really tried to do is get the right managers in place and then the right support for the right managers because nobody wants two AM phone calls. Yeah. Well like, that's as I was
0: say, you can't run a twenty four hour business. No. So you, when would you sleep? Yeah.
1: Right. And and we've been there and I think most business owners, especially restaurants and bars, it's hard, you know, depending on your management style to let things go because things are so much easier. Yeah. When you just take care of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you have to be okay. And my dad taught me this. You have to be okay with walking away and knowing that it's not going to be done the way that you are going to do it, but it's going to be stronger because yeah. you let somebody else step up. It might, you know, and you got to find that right person. Otherwise it's on you for choosing mm-hmm. the wrong one.
0: How do you find those people?
1: Um, a lot of thinking. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cause I've never hired anyone full time. So that's where it's like, how do you find the right fit for, for a business or a specific role?
1: You know, there's a lot of luck involved because you really don't know as many as as many interviews as I've been through and people that I've hired or have sat in while my managers have hired. It's, you know, you hope that everything they're saying is true. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Right. And so like people teach you not to judge. But Mm -hmm. I tell my managers and even my family, I'm like, it's okay to judge. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm hiring you for something and you're telling me like a story that I'm like, eh, doesn't really fit. You don't really look like like the person. Yeah, I mean, like, and you don't obviously say it out loud, Mm -hmm. but like you have to judge, especially when you're assigning them to a position where A, you're not going to be there. B, they're handling money, you know. You you have to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you check their references, you do background checks, and you try, if you can, to talk to somebody who knows them, Mm -hmm. whether it's a previous employer or a friend or a friend of a friend. To get the kind Idea. of yeah, if you can, I mean, and and um, w- luckily we don't have a lot of main um, of our main roles um, coming up for rehire that often. A lot of people okay. have stayed, and we yeah. try to keep, we try to te- treat them really well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the best managers, I think, um, often are promoted from within, mm-hmm. and the nice thing about that is that you know who they are. You already have their track record. You know, if they have an issue with XYZ, you already know it. And mm-hmm. you can you can say, Well, I know what I'm getting into here. Um, but we have had to hire from outside and there's times where it's really, really, really great. And there's times where it's great until it's not great. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's times where like on day three you're like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: But I feel like you gotta work through those things. Oh yeah. Right?
1: Like I mean, I've take the car wash, for example, like we have a wonderful manager that's been with us since the day we opened. He's amazing. You know, the same thing with um, our cashier there, like she's been with us from the day since we opened, um, never had met her before the interview at the interview. I was like, you're wonderful. And then today she's still wonderful. And that's really great. And we're very lucky to have those people. Um, you know, you can hire 10 people and one's going to stay. Yeah. And it, I think it's a combination. Like, you know, it, it might not be the right place. They might not want to do that kind of job, right? Like, they somebody was like, "Well, I I actually don't like working in a restaurant."
0: Yeah, and I think it's a two way street. Whereas sure. they can be the best employee and the best person to interview, but that goes back to you. You know, treating these people well, that's going to make them stay just as much as them being a good person that that you think.
1: For sure. Um, I I I read somewhere a long time ago that. A's and B's hire A's and B's and C's, D's and F's hire C's, D's and F's, or, you know, it, so you have to have the right person in the right spot. And that type of person tends to attract those type of people because they want to be around each other. You spend a lot Mm -hmm. of time at work. Um, I would, I would like to think that the, who I am, I hire other similar people. Like Like we don't, yeah. yeah, Like I, we don't both, both have to like horses, but like we both have the same work ethic Mm -hmm. or level of respect or you know um and I think I think too it's like when you get desperate and you have just a body in a management position and you you don't want to put yourself in that position instead of I see that a lot okay where like um people in operations in a business or people who want to own a business but not run a business they'll be like, well, this person's willing to do the job and, Mm -hmm. and the whole organization kind of follows that mindset. And then the owner comes in and is like, what is wrong with this place? You know what I mean? Like you have to be willing to step in and do it yourself.
0: I think that's why a lot of businesses can turn the page, become successful when they bring in new leadership. Mm -hmm. Cause like you said, that new leadership is going to start to hire out the people that are like-minded and get the, yeah. bad culture out, good culture in.
1: So I think it moved here in 2011. I think it was 2015 until I got like two days off in a row. There was many weeks that I worked every single day and I'm not complaining. It was my job. Um, it is my job. If something happens tomorrow, all the plans I have for the next day are done. And I'm doing that job. Um, I, I, that's my responsibility as a business owner. And I'd like to think that all the staff would know it. Do I want to be there all of tomorrow night? No. Is it going to be beautiful if I am there and everybody's like hugging trees and singing songs? No, it's going to be really, really uncomfortable because that means that something is wrong. Yeah. Right. So let's
0: go into that then being a business owner, then what is that lifestyle like? Cause I know you see online This glamorous lifestyle Mm. of a business owner, and I'm on private jets. But what's the reality (laughs) of being Um,
1: a business owner? So I had a baby on Friday and went to work on Monday.
0: Okay. Yeah. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Like this last Friday, or are we just talking in general?
1: I'm like. (laughs)
0: In general. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Good for you. No, I was going to say congrats, so, but I think she's just talking. No, I
1: mean, yeah, I look great for just having a baby. Well, oh, that's what I was going to
0: say. I was like, <laughs> dude, that's good for no, you. No,
1: that's a description. I mean, that's just kind of an analogy where, um, in 2013 I had my daughter Okay. and I worked up until the day before I went in, which was great for my health. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was capable of doing that, which I'm really grateful for. There's a lot of moms that, you know, have issues that they have to be off their feet and stuff like that. But I was able to do that, which was really good because I really needed, I really needed to be at work. Yeah. Um. You know, the, went in, had my daughter, was beautiful. She's healthy and all that stuff. And then um, I was managing the restaurant at the time and I just could not be away. Mm-hmm. Like it just would, it was, I didn't have the right management in place until about 2015. Okay. So once that happened, I was like, ah, oh, I can get away for the weekend, yeah. you know? And like, and now my work-life balance is is so much better and I've absolutely been blessed, but you know, it took me that long to train, to be trained. Yeah. Right. And it took me that long to figure out the staff and the people and, and all that stuff. And, and I, I feel like I needed to earn my dues. Right. So, or so pay, pay years, my right? dues. Yeah. It was four years of I mean, there was, there was fairs where I worked the night shift Yeah, the last day. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers the Aerosmith concert, like okay, I don't yeah. 2013 or 14 or 15. I can't remember when it was. I got home at eight 30 in the morning and I went to work at 3 PM the day before my kids were getting up and I was drinking a glass of wine. <laughs> like it was, it was insane, you know? And so I had worked all night and that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I got some sleep and then I went in later that day and it's just what I had to do at the time. My mom and dad did the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. So my mom Go was probably, yeah, you just pay your dues. And like my mom was probably a little bit, wor- you know, I don't want to say worse cause it's not a bad quality, but like when we were little, you know, they worked a lot mm-hmm. and, and, and they reminded us that it was to make a better life. Right. Yeah. And they had a lot invested So they had to take care of those things that they had invested Mm -hmm. and they had to grow and they had, you know, there, it's a huge weight when you need to make sure that you pay 90 people every two weeks.
0: That's, I was going to say that's,
1: I mean, it's uh, when it's insane, you know, like when it hits you, it's also a huge weight when you realize like if somebody gets hurt or something happens, like I tell people, I'm like, we're not Walmart. Yeah we're a mom and pop mm-hmm. like it, you know, we're liable. Like we're it's our stress. It's our guilt. It's our, it's the weight on our shoulders. You just go to corporate because no. you I, are. Corporate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our, our corporate process is really, really <laughs> quite.
0: Okay. So I want to transition a little bit now into, we're talking about the takeover in, uh, 2011 ish. Yeah. What was your thoughts, you know, going in there, taking over a business that has been a staple in the minot community for, you know, a number of years? Were
1: you um, nervous? You know, we had lived in Minneapolis and I really loved Minneapolis quite a bit. Um, I, I spent 10 years there. I finished college there, met my husband there, went to a lot of live concerts there and great restaurants and beautiful things. I mean, I really loved Minneapolis. So it was, it was hard on me yeah. to leave Minneapolis as much as I absolutely love Mina And I, and I, I enjoyed, um, you know, how we were raised here. We were raised with horses and we had space and we, after having my son, I was like, we're not ever going to be able to have this stuff right in the heart of the city. Right. Yeah. So I was at this kind of crossroads of, um, feelings about it so there was a little bit like it was a great opportunity like when i talked to my dad about it he he just bottom lined it he's like you'll never have an opportunity like this again and i was like "Call the
0: spade a spade yes
1: oh he's such a straight shooter yeah so i was like you are 100 percent right like we knew it so um thankfully my husband was just like my husband had very little knowledge of the truck stops and stuff like that until after we got married actually so um I mean, he's the most supportive person in the world. He's like, babe, you want to do this? Let's go.
0: Which is good. You got to have that person in your corner, right? And then,
1: yeah. But like, here's a photographer coming out of Minneapolis, um, you know, in the creative field, but like the only like guy who could probably change a tire or fix something in the creative field. No offense to that field right now. I was going to say, I'm in the creative field and I can't do
0: any of those things. I just know how to (laughs) swing a hammer. That's about all. No,
1: my husband can tear anything apart and rebuild it. So to be in that field and be raised in the city, like his parents did an amazing job and he's just got that type of mind to pull something apart and rebuild it. So he's got such a great skill in that role, but he really had no experience at all, you know, running a business, little experience running a business outside of freelance photography. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, just the truck stop world in general had very little knowledge of, so we did it. I mean, we just, whoop, Yeah. It was a a learning
0: process for him
2: then. Uh,
1: yeah. 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 And and then again, like my, him and my dad had a really good relationship. Um, my dad really liked him and and Nick is very, he's easy to work with. Like if you don't get along with Nick, it's you're the problem, not Nick. Like he's, he's, he's a good guy, you know, and he's not loud and he's, he's a really hard worker. So anyway, so we, we were really excited, but I remember telling Nick, I'm like, listen, once we get up and we get settled, we'll come back to Minneapolis like every six weeks. Yeah. It took us like three years <laughs> to come back.
2: Yeah. It like, okay, okay well like, now we're up and settled Yeah, it's been three years. <laughs>
1: like it's, and even now, like if we make it there once or twice a year, um, it's. And it, he's
0: from Minneapolis. He's
1: from Minneapolis. Okay. But after we left, his family moved away. Okay. So we, you know, we, until 2015, we really had a hard time leaving Minot in general, just out of the. Sheer like we couldn't go it was too busy we didn't have the right staff we were working a lot it was really hard to leave um once 2015 kind of rolled around we had some better management i started showing horses we started leaving a little bit more our kids were a little bit more mobile um it was easier to leave we still got the phone calls in the middle of the night while we were gone but we Mm -hmm. we started to transition out and it was something my parents kind of pushed for they're like you have to get something outside of just work or you'll go crazy.
0: Burnout. Yeah. You'll
1: burn out. And, and that's what they did too. Like for a long time they showed horses. And then when my brother started racing cars, my parents did a lot of racing and I okay. think it helps balance. Like there's this, this extreme weight here on your shoulders and responsibility. And, and you don't really own your own life because everybody kind of owns it for you yep. if, if they need something or want something or if you have to fix something. So when you go away, it's really nice to be like, I have, I'm not there, you yeah. know? So you're like, it helps, but then you're back. And, and I think too, it's good to get out of Minot.
0: Oh yeah. You got to go out there and see. I, yeah. I, f- I, mean, I the think world is so big. So many people not get trapped in Minot, but I make it an emphasis to take a few trips every single year, yeah. just to go out there. You know, I have a friend trip. Uh, I go to Vegas with my dad. I go on another friend trip, a family trip, usually once a year and getting out there and seeing things. It does. And then you come back to Minot and you feel a little bit more like, oh, Minot feels new again. It feels yeah. fresh again.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I completely agree. If you can take a trip and it doesn't matter where, there's a lot of great things in North Dakota. I don't care if you yeah. have to drive to. Medora is awesome. Yeah, Medora yeah. Or, or, you know, go up to the Peace Gardens or whatever. Mm. Just leave town yeah. for two days.
0: Go to Burlington. Go to. <laughs>
1: I would, you know, maybe a little further than Burlington. <laughs> yeah. or do, they ha- do they have a place to stay if you want to go to Burlington? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> go camp in Burlington.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's, we talked about uh, shots for quite a while here. Fastlane Car Wash. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? What's the story of that? When did so that start?
1: Fastlane Car Wash is a second location for um, their primary location, which is in Fargo.
2: Okay.
1: Um, it is actually um, owned by my brother, Donnie shots. So um, they wanted to build a car wash here in Minot. Um, Nick and I lived here. So we run that location for okay. them. So um, a lot of fun. It was, it was the first time that we took kind of the knowledge we had from working in the truck stop and applied it to opening a new business. Um, the nice thing was is that, you know, for Donnie and uh, my mom and dad, Danny and Diane. They already had that model, so they knew what they wanted to change, and okay. they knew what they wanted to add in the second location. Mm-hmm. Um, so they we've we got that structure from them, and then they had two people who already had a working, operating business. You know, running that. You really have to be where your business is, yeah. or you have to spend quite a bit of time there if you're remote, right? Mm-hmm you have to have a commitment to be there and see what's going on with the staff and who the staff is
0: instead of, Oh, I haven't been there in six weeks.
1: Exactly. Or a year, you know, like, so it, it worked out really well for, for them to have us here. And, um, you know, we, we jumped right in. My husband learned a lot about the equipment and, um, the maintenance required for it because a car wash is like a giant dishwasher.
0: <laughs> I suppose, yeah.
1: It's insane. So, and that's one of the things where, like, I had, you know, similar to the restaurant where people are like, oh, I think it'd be great to have a little restaurant. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you're crazy. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say, <laughs> yeah. I think the car wash business would be really good. Like, I think, I think that's something I could do. And I, because they
0: watch Breaking Bad and they saw him laundering all that money. Oh, really? Their, their I've never seen wash. it.
1: So I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> well, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So, um, yeah like we learned a lot about the point of sale and then there's a lot to learn about that customer that's different than mm-hmm. the customer at the truck stop that's right? what I was gonna
0: ask what's the different? <clears throat> excuse me what's the difference <laughs> between you know the people that are coming to the car wash and the truck stop how do you manage that
1: so I've this has been a lot on my mind a lot lately like I I feel like when people tell me like they want to or they think, or they mentioned that they want to start this kind of business. I almost want to tell them like, start with the customer first, like understand oh, yeah. who the customer is and how they act about what you're selling or how they react to what you're selling, mm-hmm. what they like, what the things that could go wrong. Because when we went into the car wash business and it's not bad, it's just something that isn't, isn't available at the truck stop. But our, our price point is 13, 16 and $19. Mm-hmm. And I saw like alarming <laughs> Responses to people who thought, you know, their car had been damaged or something like that for for sixteen dollars, and I was like, wow, we sell hundreds of dollars in fuel, and if there's something wrong, people are calm. But if 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 they think they got wronged about sixteen dollar car wash, they're like,
0: okay, yeah, so it's a different mentality.
1: Exactly. I mean, so maybe I'm explaining that incorrectly, but the the it's just I think every business has a different customer, and the customer has. Um, A response when things go wrong, you know, you have your standard responses when there's something like an error in a restaurant, it's going to be the wrong food, cold food, you know, bad service, uh, wait times like those are standard. I'm talking not in our restaurant, just restaurants in general. Right. Think about all the things you could complain about if you went to you know, a restaurant and didn't, didn't, wasn't happy with your experience.
0: I call, we call it the Bennett effect in our family. We go to like, if you go to a fast food place or anything, there's always going to be one thing that's messed oh, up.
1: You're it's, one of those people, right? <laughs> it's like, Yeah.
0: It's like, it doesn't ever happen to me, but it seems to happen to my dad a lot. And like, he'll go there and simple order, like, Hey, I need a, you know, Whopper yeah. junior with cheese, be missing the cheese or something. It's like yeah. ugh, every yeah, time. Unlucky. But, yeah. So yeah. I just give it to him. like, Oh, that's a Bennett effect.
1: Right. And so like, it was a new experience for me to realize that there's, there, you know, because it, I had not been in the car wash business before, so yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm learning things about the car wash business that are standard to that business, The the places where things go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You can be incorrectly charged, you can, damage is a big one,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and we could spend a whole podcast talking about car wash damage. <laughs> so there's, you know, I will say this: I see a lot of people look at their car after it goes through a car wash and I see nobody look at the car before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and it, and it makes sense, right? So when you're looking, you're finding when you're not looking, you're not finding. Yeah. So I'm not saying that damage doesn't happen in any car wash ever, Yeah. but I'm saying there's a lot of perception that That damage happens happens in car washes. And when I talk to people about this, the number one thing they say, well, where else could it come from? Yeah. And I'm like, Again, doesn't mean places. it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Your your kid could have borrowed it. You could have drug a hose across it. You could have yeah. set your purse on it. You could have, you know what I mean. You could yeah. have been off roading. You mm-hmm. could have went to bonfire and brushed up against just a tree. Drive into a whatever. Deer and yeah. Like, I, gotta I go mean, through the car wash now. Th- for, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a learning curve for me in the car wash business. Is just um, that that's your biggest. Your biggest, if something goes wrong, it's that, yeah, or your equipment, right? So okay. your equipment, um, cause soap is very corrosive. Mm-hmm. If you it, and I didn't realize how corrosive soap was, it will eat everything. It'll really? eat plastic. It'll eat concrete. It'll eat metal. It'll eat everything. I didn't know that. Yes, soap does an excellent job of cleaning. <sighs> So therefore it doesn't until it's it's gone. Yeah. So like soap is very corrosive. So it's a high maintenance uh, operation. Um, nozzles are always being replaced. Um, you know, you have water and electrical in the same area. That's always an interesting gamble, (laughs) right? So it was a lot of a learning curve on that. The staff is, um, they're wonderful. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tipped position Mm -hmm. and it should be, I think the guys work really hard. It's very labor intensive Um, but you know, for the most part, we're selling one thing. Yeah. Car washes. Yeah. You know, we're not selling car washes and hamburgers. It's just car washes. And I love that about the car wash.
0: I say, is it easier to just hone in on one thing, sell one thing?
1: I don't know. I I mean, if that's your business model and you can do a high volume of it, then I'd say yes. Okay. But in, you know, at the truck stop, it's kind of the long haul, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's convenience and it's.
0: You almost need it all there.
1: It's awesome to have it all Every there. Every time I
0: like, get gas, yeah, you, I need a box you, you of Mike, need and with it. Mike
1: and Ikes and you, you need a sandwich, yep. you need, you know. And so it's a one-stop shop. We try to sell as much as we can. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, should we sell some more stuff at the car wash? There's certainly, we certainly could yeah. do additional things. Like um, it was a business decision not to have um, vacuums. Okay. Um, it was a business decision not to have an interior clean. Um, so it's mm-hmm. just the model that we have and we we went with what we went. And I'm not saying vacuums are terrible, but yeah. I, I know why they didn't want to do them and
0: so just figure out the model uh that works best for you. We are going to pivot now into uh your next business venture. venture but before we do that, we're gonna hear from this week's sponsor, Midco. Is your business moving up and to the right? Put Midco's business technology to work for you so you never have a slow day at the office. From premium internet and phone plans to custom private networking and advertising, they have a solution for every type of business, large or small. Get paired with an account representative to create your suite of services and make the switch with ease with dedicated business client fulfillment and support teams. No data caps, flexible contracts with month-to-month or long-term options, built-in DDoS protection, and more. Explore services and request a free consultation at midco.com slash business today. I've been using Midco ever since I started my business Been sending things through to the cloud, through the internet, um, use their gig internet. So I've always been happy with their service. If you guys are looking to check that out, go to midco.com slash business. All right, Crystal, let's get back into the next business venture. Now we're going through it all. Uh, Ernest Academy. Give me the, give me the rundown on how this came about and okay. you know, the whole structure of that.
1: Okay. So the elevator pitch about Ernest Academy was, um, the Ernest Lead Academy, um, was located over by, uh, it's in Southeast Minot or was in Southeast Minot where close to where we live. We drove by every day. Um, we always saw these vehicles out there. My son started playing basketball in the fifth grade, which I didn't know at the time, but is very late. He was a very late starter. Starting oh, really? the, Oh, extremely late in the fifth grade, okay?
0: okay? When do they usually start?
1: Like, in kindergarten, first oh, grade. Okay. Yeah, so now you when know. When I have kids, I'll make so sure yeah, to get Yeah, now in you know. So, yeah, get them in early, get them in often. So, anyway, we we started bringing my son there, and the instant my son agreed to it, which we had been trying to get him to go there, and he's like, no, Mom, I don't want to play basketball. I want to do science. And I'm like, okay. "Like, who can say no to that? That's yeah. amazing, yeah. right? So. Anyway, he starts. He wants to play school ball, so Mm -hmm. we thought, okay, you need to learn the basics. So let's take him to Ernest. We walk in. It was 2020, so it was it was pretty quiet. Yeah. (laughs) And my daughter was with us, and she's game for everything, literally. So she's like, "Well, if he's gonna go, I'm gonna go." Yeah. So then they both start, and then she just like took off lickety split, right? Mm -hmm. And And they both loved it. Okay. And um, you know, as a parent sitting there, I was like, more parents should come and just audit this because he tells it like it is. He's super motivating, very honest, very inspiring. And it's, it's like, it's the opposite of, you know, the cliche participation award, like mm-hmm. he just gives it to him straight. And I was like, You need to work harder. Yeah. Like, here is reality. Like, here is this. Like, this, I'm not doing this fair thing. Yeah. I'm doing this. You work hard, you grow, yeah. you get rewarded for it thing. And for me, as a business owner, I was like, Wow, what a reality check.
0: It's good getting rewarded for your hard work Absolutely. rather than the whole participation. And, trophy. and
1: I, and, and I get it. I get, mm-hmm. I get why like some schools do just fair amount of playing time, Yeah, you know, and, and that's their choice. And I'm not here to debate that. I'm, yeah. um, I, I it's just, we're a family. The shots family is a family of competitors, yeah. right? I compete in horses. My brother's are a race car driver. We are very competitive in business. The three of us kids are very competitive against each other. Yeah. So, Naturally, when we start playing basketball with the kids, and we see this thing with Ernest, we were like, "This is perfect." Yeah, and like, hey, w- w- we can stand behind this. Like, this is great. Ernest had asked us about getting a bigger space. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really out of space for the number of kids that was there. Um, you know, we kind of just at first responded like, "Yeah, you, you know, if we find anything, we'll let you know." Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad have a commercial development. A property development out in Southeast Minot, so they have this development called Southeast Ridge. Um, my dad was also involved in commercial real estate, you know, developing. Okay. Um, so we ended up building this this academy. Mm-hmm. Um, we partnered with Ernest. My husband and I partnered with Ernest, and we got organized and we created a business plan and we launched this basketball academy together and you know it's the first time that i have gone outside of the family to partner with somebody my husband and i are actually partners you know my my. what was that
0: like partnering outside of the family it was
1: scary yeah. i think it was scary for him and it was scary for me because you know you only know somebody so well right yeah. your family you know really well you're like, like you're at yeah. christmas with them yeah, yeah yeah but like you know somebody outside your family like you know, he he only knew me so well and I only knew him so well. So it was a lot of planning in the, in the forefront. And I think some of it was a lot of like fingers crossed and I hope it doesn't go bad and and it hasn't like, I have to say, and I've said this multiple times, but like, it's better than I thought it would be. Like Ernest is very honest with me Mm -hmm. Ernest works very hard and he has a super good, like, method of training
2: um
1: you know he he, he, i'm not perfect he's not perfect nobody's perfect in this world but like he does a really good job of training those kids and he like literally lives and breathes basketball Yeah. so no one's coming to my basketball academy because i don't you know what i mean (laughs) like i i didn't have that skill but the skill that i bring to the table is operations right so like picking the platform running the platform getting organized when it comes to like um, you know, our classes and our programs and how we charge for it and having a even playing field for everybody and organizing teams and all that stuff. So, okay. um, you know, it, 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 works really well. I think we have a lot of fun. Um, it's been a lot of work just because it's a new, it's a new business, um, yeah. for me. So like I've had to learn a lot about the Customer mm-hmm. again, and like when it goes wrong, what is it that's going wrong, right? Yeah. And how to deal with that, and and what that means again, like starting with the customer. Yeah,
0: because I was gonna say you're in three now, it's like, okay, let's do so basketball. now.
1: We're now we're at um. Sports parents.
0: Yep. <laughs> Which is, that's a, <laughs> that's
1: a whole other, other can worms. Yes. So yeah. I I mean, and they're great, right? Like I'm a sports parent. So like, yeah. it's really an interesting dynamic because there was a lot, I mean, there's just a lot to it, right? Mm-hmm. We all want our kids to be great. We all, we all see the things behind, um, where our kid is coming from. Like we can see the insights that coaches can't see. They're not feeling well, or, you know, they're trying really hard and all that stuff. So it it gets tough at times, you know, but it's really great. The family over at Ernest Academy, again, that is really wonderful. All the people that are involved that I've, I've interacted with so far, it is a really great thing. And, um, and, and I think it's, I think it's a really great thing in mine at, I think sports in general in our area are really good for kids. Yeah. Um, I'm a big advocate for kids working in high school. Right. Okay. Cause like, again, being in the restaurant industry, like, I'm not sure how you grew up, but like I grew up Everybody had a restaurant job at some point, right? Yeah. Or you worked for like a nursery. I work at a
0: golf course personally. You, yeah, you, but yeah, yeah, You work at a Scrubbing golf course. Exactly.
1: Clubs. So, you, so I'm I'm big on kids working at that age towards it, towards the end of high school. Yeah, because I think it teaches responsibility, right? Like one percent of the kids that are playing sports in high school or youth sports or whatever, one percent is going to go on to do yeah. whatever. So we need we need kids in the workforce. Everybody needs to have that retail job or restaurant job mm-hmm. or golf course or maintenance or, you know, lawn care or whatever. And yeah. so I kind of ride both lines where it's like, I think, I think it's good for kids to work. I think it's good for kids to play sports as well.
2: Oh yeah. And um, you can do both.
1: You can, it to some degree. So five I mean,
0: sport athlete, maybe then it right, gets a little hard. But. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a little tough as an employer um, to employ kids in sports because their availability is so limited. So then putting them on a schedule is very difficult.
0: Oh, you get two hours on Yes.
1: And by the way, we need to go to church on Sunday morning. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, so it gets, it gets a little bit difficult, but I think one or the other is good. And I think, you know, if it's not, if it's in the off season to pick up a job, either cashiering or busing or, you know, being a dishwasher, I think I'm a big I, I, I hope other parents feel as strong about that as I do. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I'm employing people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, guys, you I mean, should be working. You should be working well, for me. <laughs> and
1: yeah. I mean, and like the, and we talked about how businesses have changed over the years. Like I think about when I, I worked at the truck stop in the nineties growing up, mm-hmm. there was a lot of high school kids that did dishwashing and cooking. Yeah. And now it's, there's so last many last. few fewer, yeah. you know, and like when we've reached the staffing shortage, right? Like, Who does these jobs? Like Mm -hmm. who works at Burger King and McDonald's and all those things? And we've all witnessed it, right? Here in Minot, like there's, there's businesses that have had to close, ours included, for staffing staffing issues. Yeah, and like people fill those roles, and and some of those roles were largely filled by you know the youth
0: yeah now they just want to be famous on tiktok
1: i know right now we've got to compete with tiktok <laughs> yeah, nice, <see>? right <laughs> so it's not just sports it's yeah, tiktok you gotta you gotta Yeah.
0: Uh, keeping, with keeping all of it.
1: phones out of the workplace that's another podcast
0: <sighs> yeah i'm sure you could do a long one on. <sighs> well a little
1: yeah difficult. yeah yeah
0: that'll happen though that'll happen uh so talking a little bit now you got the three avenues we're going into a fourth avenue yes this one you said is still on the the brink of becoming the next big thing right oh,
1: i don't, i mean um so slideshow creative um nick and i started um, this last year we we're, we're dabbling in it as we can um but both with very creative backgrounds um i did design and digital um you know, and advertising and my husband is an amazing photographer. He does great portrait work. Um, he, he's just really, really creative, probably 10 times more creative than I am. Yeah. Um, he definitely gets like the, does this look good? And I genuinely am looking for his specific feedback cause he's got yeah. extremely good taste obviously. But, um, <laughs> um, we are doing, um, you know, small videos, ads, creative production, um, social media is a really big part of business Yeah, and, um, social media comes and goes so quickly. So a lot of businesses need, um, assets for that, that they can manage them, manage themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've got AI writing copy for us.
0: Oh yeah. It's crazy. It's amazing. The questions for this podcast were from chat GPT. Great. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I,
1: I appreciate, them. I, I, I appreciate that. No,
0: but, uh, yeah, it's but, crazy. What? But it can like,
1: do. yeah, I mean, and, and so, I mean, will this be a big adventure for us? Maybe, maybe not.
0: But, well, but it's fun like, that it's on
2: the, yeah, the verge it's on of the, maybe.
1: And there, a lot of them are pet projects, right? Yeah. So like if we want to do something that focuses on promoting a business, that's like an equine business, we can, we have, we have the means to do that and we want to pick that and add that into the mix. Yeah. Um, we have a small studio and that's nice too. I mean, even if we just create our own ads, whether mm-hmm. it's for shots, crossroads or Fastlane. We do a lot of that um, just for ourselves and it's needed. There's a lot of people that are in business that don't have the tech savvy, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Well, it's crazy,
0: especially you mentioned social media being so important. You would think majority of people are doing that, but it's still, you know, definitely not just this area, but still people, you know aren't utilizing it to its full capabilities. No,
1: not at all. And it's completely like, it's really cost effective. Yeah. And like at shots crossroads too, like we, you know, we have traditionally gone with a lot of radio advertising and we do a lot of billboards and this and that. And I have advertisers that come all the time and they're, they're salespeople. So I get it right. That's their job They're Mm -hmm. And they should come to a bigger business and might not, you know, and, and say, Hey, I want to sell you all this, all these spots on the radio and, And it's, it's so unfortunate that I'm just like, cause I know it's yeah. not, it's not where it used to be. Yeah. You Which know? it made,
0: it made a lot more sense back then. Oh, hundred percent. Now it's so much more saturated have, yeah. yeah,
1: and diluted. So it's like, um, it, 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 there's areas where it's appropriate and there's areas where it's not. And I do think that there's still a lot of people in Mana that, that watch TV and listen to radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a lot less than it was.
0: Yeah, because it used to be the number yeah. one thing where now the playing field is a little bit more even. So a couple more questions here for you and then I'll let you uh, get out of here. But looking back at your journey thus far, what's something that you wish you knew at the beginning that you know now?
1: I think in the beginning I wish... I would have had a better understanding on how long it takes to really learn a business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that in the beginning I thought, okay, I'm familiar with this business. I grew up in this business and I understand the concept of it. And that's really great. But I think I, I I just didn't know what I didn't know. Right. So then I started learning and learning and learning. And I'm like, wow, I'm really i'm really dumb
0: maybe <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like gonna say so be willing many, to learn but yeah. that, that doesn't yeah i mean it's just
1: i think and i think that comes back to patience like yeah. i am a very driven eager willing to work person yeah and so i can be like I, I hit it full force when i think i've learned to kind of like slow down and realize especially as i approach this Ernest academy project like i think i i realize now that it this is just month four, mm-hmm. right? Or month five. Yeah. And it's going to be three years before all this stuff gets kind of settled out. And I know before that we really know. before yeah. we really know. And so I think um I wish somebody would have just um maybe reminded. And I think my parents did a lot. Yeah. I mean, life just teaches you patience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's it. Just yeah, not well, there's, overwhelmed. There's our it.
0: reminder for the people listening. Just yeah. remember things might take a little bit longer. Uh, than you think they will. Absolutely. Okay, Chris, the last question I got for you then. Mount Rushmore of business advice. If you had to pick four things you could tell whoever's listening, whether it's someone that's just starting a business, they're in business, what would be those four points uh, that you would tell them?
1: Uh, Number one, really know your customer um, and really, really do make your decisions to serve that customer or create some very clear boundaries of what you do and don't serve. I think a lot of people... Um, just underestimate what it takes to serve that customer and what yeah. the feedback from that customer is going to be. Um, number two, I think you have to, I'm a strong believer that you have to fill every role. Like you have to know what you're doing in every role. If you don't 100% know, like I can't be a basketball coach, I, I could be a basketball coach, yeah. but would I be a good one? Not for more than about an hour. Yeah. Right. But, Like when you're in the restaurant or the car wash, you have to know every single role, whether it's the accountant, the HR payroll person, Mm -hmm. you know, your housekeeping department, your dishwasher, your cook, you have to know all those roles. Like you can't, I'm not a big, uh, I, I don't have a lot of, uh, trust in people who want to own something and manage it or have somebody else manage it. And I've just learned that from my experience. Like, I don't know how it gets done, but maybe they have a quality. I don't. Yeah. Well, you have
0: to, it's not that you have to do those rules, but you have to at least know how in case the time comes up where it's like, okay, I need to. Well, and you have to be willing to to
1: do it. And um, I think with that and knowing it all, I think you also have to be, um, I think you have to have the right amount of management. Some things, some days do need to be micromanaged, but you have to let other people manage too. Yeah, You just cannot do it all or you'll end up in burnout. Yeah, You'll make bad decisions.
0: So there's two.
1: Is that two or is that three? Let's go three. Okay. Okay. One more. I will make
0: you give me one more. Um
1: one more. You know, I think it helps if um (laughs) I think it helps if you have a good personality and in general you're a likable person, right? Because like nobody wants to work for an asshole. No,
0: exactly. You know everyone has the bad stories about their bad boss.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure there's days where I've been a not so nice person when I've hit my limit. But um I I think for the most part, um, if you know, don't do it, if you don't like people. Yeah. And there's definitely, you know, there, there's people who will flat out tell you I'm not a people person, mm. you know, and they need a different role.
0: Yeah. Which is, you know, get them in a spot where they don't Absolutely. necessarily have to be the most people, person, person. Yeah. People, people, person, per- people yeah, that, person,
1: person, person. I would say in running a business though, to, you know, to go back to your question, I think that, you know, um, being able to relate with people and understand them and, and, and be fair with them, yeah. likable.
0: Yeah, it really helps. And it's not like you have to be, you know, the most outgoing, likable person on earth. Yeah. You have to at least relate with these people yeah. a little bit. Krista, thank you very much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? I know there's a lot of different links, but this is your time this is your time to pitch. <laughs>
1: right, right. Time to pitch. Um, shotscrossroads.com, um, where you can check us out, order food online and pick it up and and go. Um, you know, we have really, really, really great ranch dressing and ninety nines. Yep. So FastlaneCarWash.com, uh, Fastlane, my not, Yeah. Well, um, well, and 30, all the links will be in there. Yeah, all the links will be. Um, ErnestAcademy.org. Um, go if ahead. Got some little ones. Yeah, if you got little ones, check it out. Um, I highly recommend our summer camps that are coming up. We have two week intensive summer camps. Other than that, um, you can track me down at the truck stop most days um, or on the social media, I guess.
0: Perfect. All of those links will be in the description. You can check them all out. It's going to be a longer list than usual, but that's uh, exciting. Krista, (laughs) thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks
1: a lot. I appreciate it.
0: That's episode 48 of the My Not Business podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. Please leave a rating and a review if you have not done that already. We'll see you guys next week for episode 49.